0: Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Check. There we go. We're live. How you guys doing? A little bit, good, huh? Well, I'm excited to be back. Last week I was down in uh, Sarasota, Florida, uh, a little family vacation, and it was kind of cool because the whole time I was down there, Jack, my little boy, he's like, when, we're going to church, going to church, I want to play with Millie, play with Millie, play with, go to church, and we kept telling him we're going to church, we ended, up, we ended up going on Sunday down there, but uh, man, he was so excited to come back, and it's cool to be a part of church where kids love church, amen, just be a part of that and do that, and I want to say thank you to uh, Barry last week for preaching, I heard he tore down the house, I you give it for Barry. I mean, you gotta get up for the guy because he got body slammed right here on the stage, you know what I'm saying? If you weren't here last week, you gotta go back and listen to it because I, I don't know if we recorded, but you can probably hear his body just crushing it. Matter of fact, I noticed there's a, a bent piece of metal right here. If you look at this, it's a. Uh That's like, that's where his skull hit there. He has a metal plate that hit contact. So, man, uh, but an incredible job. I want to say thank you to the Dream Team. Uh, Man, I'm just so blessed to serve with an incredible team. You guys did an awesome job last week. Heard nothing but amazing things. You had a couple people come to Christ, uh, commit their life to Jesus, and that's what it's all about. So I'm excited what God's going to do. I'm going to give a little context the next three weeks. uh, We're talking about this series, What Will Jesus Undo? And it's kind of a a twist on a, a saying, WWJD. All right, this isn't the WWF, you don't know what WWJD is, all right? Um, but I don't know, who's heard of WWJD? Everybody, right? Back in the day, everybody got the bracelets on and the... The t-shirt and whatever. And it's like, where'd where all this come from? It's this idea of what would Jesus do? So if you're in a situation, what would Jesus do? Like, what's, what's your response? What's your next action? What would Jesus do? And this all came out of a, a, a book that was written in uh, 1896 uh, by Charles Sheldon. who's a pastor and it's called In His Steps. And so he wrote this book like a small town living and these uh, little families are going through different situations. He kept asking the question, well, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And it kind of caught on. It sold uh, 30 million copies. And so 100 years later, there's this movement of what would Jesus do? And so now I want to take a little twist on it, though. What would Jesus undo? Like, not what, uh, what he's calling us to do in the moment. What is he calling us not to do? Like, if Jesus were to show up to church and sit through a church and watch our lives throughout the week, what would he say? Hey, this is something we should stop doing in our lives. This is something we should change. Like If you look at the words of Jesus, what breaks the heart of God? What some things that Jesus saw that he'd say we can't tolerate this anymore? What some things he said we need to stop? Like there's a line like we were crossing. Like what some things in his red letters? Like the words of Jesus that just bothered him? What some things that stood out? So what would Jesus undo this morning? And uh, this is a three-week series that leads right into Easter. And I'm telling you, next week I-, I don't know what's gonna happen today, but next week's gonna be amazing. All right, I'm excited about next week's topic. What would Jesus undo? He's gonna undo hollow worship. And uh, I don't know if you know about our church, but we're a worshiping church, amen? And so I'm excited to be preaching about that. It's kind of passion my bones. So I'm going to make it through the day, all right? But next week is where it's at, all right? So you're going to come back. I know guys do something really cool in and through that. But uh, this three-week series kind of introduced the idea for the day. I'm going to tell you a little story. Have you guys ever given a gift you're excited to give, and the person you gave it to uh, just didn't really care, kind of ever been there? Like, all right, well, we all have dads. I'm just kidding. Uh, So, it's like impossible to shop for, like my dad. I don't know about your dad, but my dad's impossible to shop for. And uh, let me just kind of give you an idea of what it looks like for me. So, every year at Christmas, um, this is no joke, the only gift I've ever gotten from my dad is cash money. Is that crazy or what? Like, we're that family, you know? Like, we show up, like, get out the wall, like, pay you off each other, you know? Like, you know, we didn't break even, but it's okay, you know? So, like, just kind of stoop to some new lows. So, I mean, what do you do with that? Like, how creative can you really be? Like, Dad, what do I get you? You just gave me green money, you know, like what do I do with that? And so we come up with some creative ideas over the years. And, uh, and so this uh, idea came to me, like he has a saying and I can say this one. Okay. So there's a lot of sayings that our dads have, we can't say at church and I can say this thing. Okay. But he has, he has a saying, he says, uh, you never know when you get a call in the middle of the night, fill in the blank. Never get a call in the night and you need something. And so it's like an excuse to kind of hoard. It's like you never know you need to call in the night and you need like the extra two inches of the two by four you didn't keep when you're making the project. So we're going to store that, you know, or like a piece of wire on the ground or whatever. So it's like kind of like a MacGyver kind of spirit. And so we have a lake house down at like Lake of the Ozarks and uh, his garage is packed. Like because you never know when you get a call in the middle of night, you know. So if you guys break down in the middle of night, you know who to call. You call my dad. he will make sure you get it fixed up because you never know when you get a call. And so we made this sign for him, uh, this metal sign, you know, like Jimmy Don, come on now. Where's my fixer-uppers in the house? Got some Jimmy Don, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. That'd be awesome. So he's cutting out the sign. So we got that made and, and sent to him, and, uh, or for Christmas. And uh, I show up to Christmas. I'm like, I got my metal sign. We exchange the goods. You know, like you give me the green. Here's the sign. And he opens it up and he looks at it and he goes, "Man, what is this?" I'm like, "Well, you never know. You get a call mill night. You need a sign. <laughs> here's your sign, Dad. Here's your sign." And so he looks at it and like, "All right, that, that's kind of cool. I what really to do with it?" And uh, you know, it goes to where it goes to the garage, of the lake, right? with the pile of all those stuff you made in to call me all night, and you're kind of tripping over it all the time, and it's just kind of sitting there, and you're like, yeah, this is impossible to shop for. And so what I realized is you don't know what to give him because he really never acknowledges the gift. Like, he's never that excited, like, man, this is an amazing gift, or, uh, it's not for me. Like, you just never really know what to do with it. And I think sometimes for us, when we follow Jesus, sometimes uh, we don't acknowledge the gifts that God has given us. Like it's so easy not to live in response to the grace that God gave us. That he came from heaven and went on a cross and was tortured and spilled his blood, every drop of blood for us on that cross. And that he was buried and he died and he resurrected from the grave, defeating death, hell, and the grave for us. That we have new life in Christ. Like that he sent us the spirit of God, that the same power that resurrected Jesus lives in us every single day. That through prayer that we can go to the throne of God and stand before him with access to all of God's power and presence in any moment of our life. Like so often we live every single day or day in and day out or maybe week to week and we're like, oh man, I didn't even think about Jesus. And it's so easy to get in that spot where we fall away from God, where we get distracted by the things of the world. It's so easy not to acknowledge that Jesus did so much for us. And so what would Jesus undo? I believe today we're going to talk about this idea, but I believe Jesus would undo spiritual indifference. Spiritual indifference. It's just, this isn't really a new idea for a generation. We're like the meh generation. Meh, meh. How you doing today, man? I had a friend in high school. That's all she ever said. Like, hey, you you want to hang out? Meh, meh. How you doing? Are you growing spiritually? Meh. Hey, what are you excited about today? it eh. <laughs> right, like it's all. It's like it's hard to ask about anything. Like, hey, you reading about praying. This, this is nothing. like It's like almost indifference. Like, man, I don't really care. Like, I, I'm not really that interested. It doesn't really concern me. I'm not really bothered by that. And Jesus talks a lot about spiritual indifference in the Bible. One part in particular he speaks to is he writes these letters to seven different churches and it's found in the, the book of Revelation. These letters are super powerful. And one of these churches he wrote to was the meh church, the church you really didn't care a whole lot. The church was kind of going through the motions, the church that was full of people that had everything they needed. And so Jesus writes this letter and he gives some context to the letter. You got to understand that the city of this church was Laodicea. And so the city had been destroyed by an earthquake 35 years previous. And so the city had been destroyed and they rebuilt. When they rebuilt, they rebuilt strong. You know, They had theaters, they had places to meet, they had outdoor public baths, uh, they had amazing shopping centers. It'd be like going to modern day Dubai or maybe like Las Vegas. It was like the hottest place in town. The only problem is they didn't have any water that was working well. And so they piped in these two pipes to Laodicea. One pipe had cold water that was coming out of Colossae, the city down the mountains, and it was cool and refreshing. And they piped in more water from another place that brought in hot springs. And this hot springs was a place where they, it was, where they uh, thought was medicinal purposes. They thought it helped to heal them. And so they loved the hot water and the cold water. The only problem is that the water system didn't work. And so Jesus knew that because the water, by the time it got to Laodicea, we all know, right, was dirty and lukewarm, like it wasn't cold or hot. And so each one served a purpose, but they're neither one. So when Jesus writes this letter to the church, he is actually saying something that these people understand very clearly. See, Jesus said this in Revelation three fifteen and 16. He says, I know your deeds. Somebody say deeds. 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 There you go. You guys are good. I like that. So I know where you live. I know what you thought about. I know what you're doing last week. I know how much you're passionate about me. And he says this, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I mean, I wish you are either one or the other. And so they both serve a purpose. But so because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Man, I can't imagine Jesus writing me that letter, you know? Like, yes, a letter from Jesus. And I'm like, man, he sounds upset. Like, what is Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying this, is that we, we are spiritually stale. It's like this church is in a space where they're completely stagnant. Like, they're depressingly detached from the things of God. Like, they don't do anything that Jesus would even recognize to be done. And so they're falling apart from the things of God, the, the gift that he has given them. They're calling their life. He says, look, man, I'd really be cold because it has a purpose. I'd really be hot because it has a purpose. But man, lukewarm, there's just no purpose. And the Bible literally says, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And if you translate it, means to vomit up. And so the point is this, spiritual difference isn't just hurting the heart of God. It actually turns God's stomach. It actually makes him sick, but he can't get sick. So I can't really say that, right? But if he could get sick, he would say, I'm going to puke you out. Like, I, I can't stand the indifference in the church. And so I think this, if Jesus was to undo something, I think you'd undo spiritual indifference. And I think there's two causes, and we'll look at these this morning, of spiritual indifference. The one first one is this, the illusion of self, the self-sufficiency. The illusion that we can go through life without God. And this is exactly what uh, the church of Laodicea thought. And it says in the next verse in Revelation 3.17, this is Jesus saying to the church, hey, church, you say I'm rich. Man, I've acquired wealth. Man, I don't need anything. I don't need God. I don't have, all my needs are met. And Jesus says, but you don't, you don't understand that you're wretched, you're pitiful, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. I mean, that's some pretty harsh words from Jesus, isn't it? He's coming down on the spiritual indifference, and he says this. He says, you think you have what you need. Like, you think you have everything you have in life, and it's going to take care of you, but you're missing the most important thing. Like, you can have everything in this world, but you're missing the very most important thing to have. You know, sometimes you talk to people that aren't spiritual, they don't go to church or they don't have a relationship with God and you're witnessing to somebody and you're telling them, and, and, and you're telling about Jesus and they're like, but I have everything. Like they think Jesus is like a plus sign. Like I add Jesus to my life and I have enough space, I'll add Jesus. But the not understand is Jesus is not a plus sign. It's just Jesus plus nothing. And so when we talk to somebody, it's like, man, I'm good. I got my car. I've got my new iPhone XS Max. It's cruising. You know what I'm saying? I love my phone. Man, I got, I've got Amazon Prime. I'm watching my videos. I got Netflix. Man, I got my Snuggie. Come on, dude. It's bully. Man, i got everything in my life. I don't need Jesus. I'm very comfortable. Like, this, God's really cool, but I, I've got it all taken care of. And sometimes we can just miss the entire point of what God is saying. He says, you can have all the worldly wealth. You can have it all together, but you can be spiritually bankrupt. Like, there'd be nothing in that account. Like, we can look good on the outside to everybody else, but nothing on the inside. We have all the stuff, but not have anything significant. And so oftentimes you ask people, man, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Man, I'm feeling good. Life's going well. We just look at our stuff on the outside, but how are you doing spiritually? Are you spiritually different this morning? I think we all struggle with this at some level. And so Dan I talk about this other idea of why we're spiritual different. It's distractions of the world. You know, Jesus talked about planting seeds and how the seed would hit the ground and it'd sprout and start to grow. And then he says in Mark chapter four, he says, Jesus said, but the worries of life, man, the everyday things you take care of, the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires of things come in and choke out the word, making it unfruitful. Man, this all happened to us, right? We all went to like a youth camp or maybe a conference or we're here in worship or maybe you're reading the Bible and God's prompting you. You know, God's asking you to step out in faith, and He's saying there's something you can change in your life. There's an area in your heart that you can give to me, and you're like, man, yeah, I need to give that up. I need to be faithful in that area. I need to give this back to God. And we start walking in God, and we start growing. And all of a sudden, what happens? Life, right? Like kids get sick. Come on now, that happened this week for me, right? I think I'm the next one in line. You better watch out. You know what I'm saying? Like it just kind of goes around, right? All of a sudden, the car breaks down, the dishes pile up, the laundry's going crazy. All of a sudden, life is just getting out of control. And I believe it's not that we don't care. It's just that we get distracted. Like we're looking at Jesus and saying, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you. You can have everything in my life. You can have my wealth, my riches, and I'm gonna go hard after you. And then it's like, whoa, man, I gotta fix all these problems. And all of a sudden we start walking our own strength and we start doing our own way, and we forget that God is even there in front of us and wants to lead us on every single step. Man, I still love Jesus, but man, these kids. (laughs) I just love Jesus, but my job. I love Jesus, but I just don't have enough yet. I don't have enough yet. I'm just keep working towards it. Man, I just want to relax, man. I want Netflix and and hang out. I can't say that want church, right? Chill. Can I say that? Come on now. If you don't know what that means, then don't look it up. <laughs> I told my, uh, my daughter, Julia, one time. I said, me and Dad, we're going to Netflix and chill. She, she can't say that. I said, I'm married. I do what I want. All right? So we're going to Netflix and chill. That's just how it's going to be. Whatever. All right, so self-sufficiency and distractions of the world man so what happens in our culture like here in the and we're we're at we're in the bible belt of america we might be close to like the belt buckle (laughs) you know what i'm saying like i mean you go east coast west coast colorado different places and and god is like so post modern like gone like just unbelievable and here it's just the opposite it's like almost people have just enough jesus to feel good about themselves like just enough jesus like to go to heaven Man, they grew up in church, they got baptized, they have enough experience in church, maybe they come every now and then, but don't have enough Jesus to take them out of lukewarm indifference. And I'm just being honest, because that's how it is. That's the scariest thing about indifference, is so that we have enough, but we don't really follow it. We don't put it first in our lives. And I'm going to speak from my own position, because I, this is something I've struggled with. And I think we all struggle with, we're honest with ourselves, there's areas in our life that we need to give to God. And so this morning, I believe that if you think about what spiritual indifference, it, what it merely means is putting your hand out and saying, hey, God, guess what? What I have in my hand is more important than you. There's just things in my life that's more important right now. My time, my money, my family, but there's things that I'm putting in front of you. I'm not following you. And for me, there's every season of my life, I've had something in my hand. There's areas of my life I think God looks into our heart and there's all these compartments and we say, God, you can have these keys and these keys and that's my key. <laughs> Like, that's, that, that's my locked door. And, and, and the more you know Jesus, you'll find you have more locked doors than you really thought. And so nobody's up here telling you, like, I've got this all together because I don't have this all together. But there's a lot of places in my heart that I know I struggle in, and there's all different areas that I've, I've been in every season of my life. And so I want to just give you six indicators. There's six different areas where we've struggled and I've struggled. And maybe you're, you can look at it and say, I'm in this place where I'm spiritually indifferent. Maybe there's a key you're holding on to today that you know isn't yours, but it belongs to God. So here's, here's one of the indicators. First, one's this. We're more concerned about impressing people than impressing God. More concerned about impressing people than impressing God. When we look around, the first thing we think is, Do what's my friends think? You know, oftentimes, we think we're worried about what everybody thinks, but it's really just our friends, right? Like my, my one friend, like what, what's my friend doing? And we're looking around, instead of being obsessed about what God's think, we're thinking about what all the world wants, what all things of popularity want around us. We're fearing what people think. Second thing is this we're obsessed with life on earth rather than eternity. We're obsessed about it. You know, we wake up every day, uh, at least I do, and I'm like, man, okay, I've got to have enough money for the bills. I've got to pay this. I'm trying to retire. I'm trying to to invest. I'm trying to, you know, fix my car. I have to pump it up every time. Like, that's a weird thing because it's like 1920, I guess. But I've got to pump my car up to get it started every day. So I'm like, I don't want to pay for that. It's so expensive. I mean, all these things are like pressing down on me. I'm so concerned about everything around me and I forget, like, man, it's just about God. Like, I'm just so consumed with stuff. They call it sandcastle kings. You build your whole life on the sand and just. Falls over. There's a king of king of nothing, right? The Bible says this: If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Sometimes we rationalize sin. We live we live in a way where we don't fear God. You know, oftentimes we say, "Well, everybody else is doing it. Oh, it's not that big a deal. Like my friend's doing it. Like it's a standard that everybody else has. Or we give these cute little names too. Like we change it here in their culture, right? Like we don't call it adultery; we call it affair, right? Like it's really not that bad. It's like it's not pornography; it's adult entertainment. It's, it's nothing crazy. Like, everybody's doing it. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves just talking ourselves into something that we know God doesn't want us to do because we rationalize it. I think another thing is this we believe in Jesus, but we rarely share our faith. Man, this is a hard one. We believe in Jesus, but we rarely share our faith. Man, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you don't confess me before men, I will not confess you before my Father in heaven. Well, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is like, do you believe deep enough in my gospel that you're willing to share it? Do you believe deep enough that God is going to do something? And in, in, through us, we owe him that, like that he has sacrificed himself for us and that the people really have an eternity in either heaven or hell. I think sometimes we don't really believe that that deeply. We're distracted by something and there's people around us that need the gospel. Amen. There's people around us that need to hear the good news. I know like Easter's coming up and uh, maybe you just be willing to invite somebody. It's amazing what you can do through an invitation. You know, the, the church needs to stand up and be bold in this area. And oftentimes it's like the last thing we do, right? It's amazing how many Christians never share their faith. It's absolutely startling. When you look at it, it's like, man, what is going on? It's like, man, we should be serious about telling somebody about Jesus. But the reality is, sometimes we're far from that. Fifth thing is this we only turn to God when we need Him. Sometimes we're spiritually indifferent. It's like, man, I don't need, it's a bad day. Things are going bad. Oh, God, where are you at? God, help me in this situation. And boom, God shows up. You're like, thank you, Jesus. Then, like, two weeks later, nothing talking to God. It's just the average day goes by, and all of a sudden somebody's sick. God, I need your help. God, you got to help. You got to do something. You got to do something. God shows up. You're like, oh, thank you, Jesus and then soccer repeats itself and put God right back on the shelf and the very last indicator I give you this morning this is something that I've, always, that I've struggled with is ultimately end up looking just like the world like you look at your life you're like I don't spend my money differently I don't raise my kids differently like I don't talk differently I don't look any different and I'm not saying you have to be different but maybe God's calling you to be different right there's some priorities that God wants different in our life. Maybe we have the same morals, the same music. We laugh at the same jokes. We do all the same stuff. And, you know, I don't think there's a separation between spiritual and secular, but I think God's calling us to lead people to Jesus. And we should set an example. And sometimes you just look out and go, man, I'm just like everybody else. I'm just, just not much different in my life. And so it's so, so easy to say, hey, I'm, a, I'm spiritually different, man. You go to church? Meh. You know, people have talked about church? I mean, I'm a pastor, right? <laughs> so I go to church. It's always like, yeah, yeah, I go to church. And they're like, what's the name of that church, honey? <laughs> it's like... You're not going to church. Come on, brother. <laughs> like, you maybe went to church like two years ago. All right, but, you know, you're praying, you're reading our Bible. We're putting God first in our life every single day. It's like, nah. I mean, Are you spiritual? Nah. You share Jesus with somebody lately? Meh. Nah. You know, Jesus would undo spiritual indifference. This is, what, this is what he says. He said he'd vomit out of his mouth. And so this morning, like, I want to encourage you. Like, how do we reignite our faith? Like, how do we break out of spiritual indifference? Maybe you recognize one of these indicators in your life. Maybe you recognize that this is one of the areas that you're struggling in. And I promise you, if you're, if you're in here and you're like, I don't struggle with this, that would be like spiritual pride because there's always something we're struggling with, amen? And so for us, like, we, we need to just put God first in these areas. So I'm gonna encourage you, how to read, not your faith. And I would normally tell you to do like, a bunch of spiritual stuff, okay? Um, I'd tell you, like, read your Bible and just get in front of his word. He's gonna, he's gonna show you things, which is absolutely true. And I, I would tell you to pray, and that you put God first and you ask him to, to do something in your life and to reveal things in you and that you seek him. And I tell you to, to worship big and to, to be generous and to serve and to confess your sin, all these great stuff. And I think those are amazing things and you should do those things. But this morning, I just want to give you one very simple thing that I think is a, is a pillar that unlock like a keystone habit for you to grow in your spiritual relationship with God. And uh, this is probably like... Uh, well, the best advice I'm probably going to give you all year because I don't have really great advice, but this is going to be the best advice, okay? And so if this doesn't go well, then this, just know what to expect the rest of the year, okay? So this is it. I'm going to throw it out there for you, but here it is. Every day, every day, do something that requires faith. Every day, do something that requires faith. So you can read your Bible and have no faith. You can actually pray and have faith. You can, you can go to church and have faith. But if you live a life every single day where you take a step of faith, God's gonna lead you. And that's the difference. We're not leading ourselves. And you're saying, God, you can have my life. God, this isn't my time. This isn't my energy. This isn't my wealth. This isn't my influence. This is all you, God. This is your family. This is, these are your kids you gave me to raise. And all of a sudden things change because I'm gonna say, God, lead me in this area. Give me into a difficult situation. But you know what's came out of for me is that I look at the cycle of my life and I, I, sometimes you get a chance to reflect and kind of do like a retreat you know, and you, you look over your life and it's like, Man, my, same last year as it was this year, and like two years ago, and I read through my prayer journal, and I'm like, man, I'm still praying for the same stuff. Maybe God's just asking me to do something about it. And so you sort of look through your life, and it's like, what is God asking you to do? And so for me, it's like, we got to break through and choose one thing we can take an action on. Maybe you got to stand up for somebody, even though you're going to get mocked. you got somebody you need to stand up for, don't you? There's somebody you can say, hey, hey that, guy's, that guy's he's a good guy, man. You need to stop picking on him. All of a sudden, you're going get, to you get picked on, Right. But you need to give and trust God. Maybe, maybe you don't feel like you can make it happen. Maybe you don't feel like you have enough to give to God, but you've got to trust God with it and say, God, I'm going to put you first in my life. I'm going to trust you, even though I might not come out the other side. But I know you're going you know to be faithful. You say you're going to be faithful. I'm going to try it out. Maybe you apologize to somebody. Man, that's me, right? Like I'm going to step on people's toes, you know. I need to apologize to somebody and ask forgiveness. Maybe there's a situation. We've got Easter coming up. Your family's coming together. Maybe there's something, situation you've got to mend. Maybe there's some mistake you made. Maybe it's between you and your own children. Where you guys say, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Maybe you need volunteers volunteer just to pray out loud during a huddle. Come on now. And <laughs> you know, people's like, man, I can't pray out loud. So maybe God's asking you to pray out loud. Maybe it's God's asking you to go to a life group. Maybe God's just ask, asking you to show up. Maybe it's saying, hey, commit to me every week and receive something from me. Maybe he's asking you to reach out to somebody that's put on your heart. Maybe there's a neighbor that you have probably maybe not even know their name. And God's asking you to speak into their life. God's asking you to just be available to talk to them. Maybe there's a person you just need to walk down the street to and say, hey, I just need to tell you what God's put on my heart. Man, you just bring them some food. They'll follow Jesus. You know what I'm saying? That the way to man, just kidding. But just reach out to somebody. Like God's put these people in your life on a purpose. That network is there because God has put you in that place. Man, pray for somebody. Man, pray for God God to the impossible. Maybe giving up the impossible. Like there's things that God wants to do in life. Attempt something that only God can do. Like step out in faith. Like God, you can't do it on your Excel sheet. I get it. Step out in faith. See what God will do through you. You know why this matters so much? Because the Bible says, without faith it's impossible to please God. Without faith it's impossible to please God. Book of James says, faith without works is dead. Faith without action is absolutely dead, it's dead. Faith brings life. Faith brings the life you need to be spiritually rich, to be spiritually on fire. I want you to look at the things that change. Instead of impressing people when we're concerned about what God thinks, amen? Like we're looking up the eyes of God saying, hey, I don't know what everybody else is doing. I don't care what they're doing because I'm going to follow Jesus. You know, I get the privilege of sitting in the front row here at church. And uh, guess what? I don't know what everybody else is doing behind me. So I may look like a fool when I'm worshiping, you know? Like I have no idea who's here. I have no idea how many people are here. I don't care about all that stuff. I just care about following Jesus. Amen. And so I'm not going to look to my left to my right. And I'm not going to go, well, I'm running faster than you. And you're going too slow. And that's just stupid. You need to really grow up. And I'm, my spiritual life so great. I'm not going to compare myself to anybody else. Like, I'm just gonna look at Jesus and say, What do you want me to do? I'm gonna stand up in the crowd. Somebody needs to be that guy in the chief stadium to go, or royal stadium at this point and go, Go, Jesus! Come on! And everybody's looking at you like, What a fool! And like, Come on, family! I'm that guy in my family. I'm that guy that had to stand up and follow Jesus. I'm a first generation Christian. Like, nobody in my family follows Jesus. You know, my dad, he doesn't give me the perfect gift. He gives me money. I get it. And that's who he is. But guess what? He loves me. I'm not blind to that. But we're gonna witness to him. We're gonna follow him. We're gonna, we're gonna pray for him. I mean, we, we just love him, you know? Like, you're, I'm going to be where he's at. I'm not going to be upset with him. I'm going to care for him, amen? So instead of pressing people, we fix our eyes on God. Sometimes we become obsessed with things in the world, but you know what we become obsessed with what matters most? You know what keeps me up at night isn't my bank account. It's, uh, it's people. It's the souls of people. It's, it's, it's the, the pain that people go through. It's the power of God. It's, 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 it's the dream of what God could do in a, in a group of people that are passionate about him. You know, instead of rationalizing sin, we confess sin, amen? We're not gonna like tear down how how, like, oh, that's not that bad. We're gonna go, man, God, I made a mistake. made a mistake, man, and heal me, God. Make me whole. Like, I'm struggling, man. There's insecurity in my life. There's things that I'm looking into I shouldn't look into. God, break this habit of my life. Give me your power. Give me your strength. God, God, confess your sin, and he restores you and makes you you new. We become bold about sharing the gospel, amen? Man, we don't naturally share the gospel. I don't think we woke up one day, man, I share the gospel. But there's a boldness inside our heart because you know what? We really truly care about people. We believe deeply in the gospel. And so we're gonna go just be obedient. And we're gonna step across the street. We're gonna talk to our family. We're gonna talk to our friends. And we're gonna say, you know what? In a a kind way, hey, you know what? God loves you. Man, there's a church for you. There's a place where you can grow. There's a place where God can change your life radically. I'm out here for every step of the way. If you're hurting, I'm hurting. If you're going through a pain, I'm going through pain. Man, I love you. There's a lot of things we can disagree on, but guess what, man? I'm here for you. Man, imagine how different our families would be if we had the attitude towards people. Imagine how different our relationship would be. It's not about us, it's about Jesus and we can be bold and share our faith. You know, Instead of turning to God when we only need him, we turn to God every moment, every step. Man, God, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do today for faith? Man, what, who can I witness to? Who in can I put my life? How can I reach somebody? How can I be more obedient to you? I wanna, I wanna look like you at the end of the day. And the last thing I think that happens is one day you wake up and you are different than the world. Like one day you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm serving Jesus. Like it's cost me something. I'm proud of that. Like I'm working hard. Like I'm making a difference. And all of a sudden God starts tapping on the shoulder. and he says, hey, Sean, hey, you. Yeah, you're looking a lot like me. You know what? I'm going to call you into something. Like there's a people you have to lead. There's a group of people who need to follow me and you got to lead the way. So I'm going to call you out of what you're doing. I'm going to call you to be a leader of the church. I'm going to call you to lead the way for the gospel. I'm going to call you to be a leader in the board meeting. At your job. I'm gonna call you to be a leader as a salesperson. I'm gonna call you to be a leader as a father. I'm gonna call you to be a leader every step of the way. Every part of your life is a part of me. He's gonna call you up. And I believe that God's calling you some of us today to be spiritually set on fire. Man, spiritual indifference. What would Jesus undo Spiritual indifference. Bible says that not only hurts the heart of God, but turns his stomach. Man, this morning we can be spiritually on fire. Amen. We can follow Jesus. We will be the church that every day we find at least one thing to do in faith. Father God, we thank you so much, God, for your word and for your son, Jesus. God, I pray today that we would take a step of faith. Maybe you're here today and listen to this message. We realize that there's some things in our life we need to change. Realize that we've been struggling with spiritual indifference. Maybe you feel like you've been a lukewarm Christian but today you want to be back on fire. You want to give your faith back to God. You want to have something happen today that you do in faith. If that's you and you want to start the fire and reignite the passion, if that's you, would you lift your hands high? If that'd be looking around, say, I want to be spiritual on fire for Jesus. Just put those hands up. Now you can see those hands all across the room. Now I want to pray a prayer over you this morning. Father, I pray your spirit would cut through the things in the heart God, that are of this world. God, I pray you just plant us into Jesus, God, that we wouldn't be distracted by the things around us, God, that we wouldn't be self-sufficient, God, we'd be dependent on you. So God, I pray you consume us with your passion to follow you. God, I pray that we step out in faith today We say yes to sharing the gospel. We say yes to focus our eyes only on you. Say yes to walking by faith every single day, every step of the way that we would follow you. Man, help help our heart to break for the things that break your heart, God. Give us the passion that sets the world on fire. God, if you're gonna use anybody today, I pray that you use us to change the world. Man, our hands are open. God, we have faith in you. This isn't my life. This isn't my stuff. This isn't my story. God, this is your story. And we give it back to you this morning. I'm ready and willing. Send me. Man, as we pray today, some of you maybe realize that you've been living a life far apart from God. Maybe you realize today you're not just spiritually indifferent, that you're missing something even more. You realize you don't know God at all. You have what the world has and it just isn't enough for you. This is why you're here this morning. I believe God wants to do something incredible in and through your life. There's a grace that he wants you to embrace this morning. I want you to think about this. Who is Jesus? Jesus loved you so much that he died on a cross for you, that he shed his blood, that he was tortured and brutally killed for each and every one of your sins. And By the power of God, he was raised from the dead on the third day and brought new life. Why did he do that? So you can have new life. Anybody that calls on the name of him, will be forgiven and transformed. Forever. You don't have to earn God's grace. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to clean up your mess. You don't have to fix everything you did wrong. You just have to acknowledge that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. We call on Him. He hears your prayers. He forgives your sins. He makes you brand new. He sets you free. And you can live in His grace every step of your life. So today, this is good news for you. If God's grace, if you want God's grace to invade your life, you'd say, I want to know God. I want to turn from my sins. I want to turn to Jesus this morning. Man, if that's your prayer, would you lift your hand high across this room and say, I need Jesus this morning? And be like that and say, I need Jesus. Put him up high if that's you. If you need Jesus in the house, I see, I see one hand. Bill said, I need Jesus this morning. And I just want to pray for you. Just pray this prayer. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son. Thanks for sending your best because I acknowledge that you are worthy of my life. So God, take my sin. Take all of me. God, make me new. I want to follow you. I want to live for you every step of my life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.